Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddypitt from Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse from Federal Baseball on his way home from Nats Park. I'm still sitting high above the home plate, looking down as they're fixing the field up for tomorrow's game. Big performance on the mound today, Doghouse, the national 2 to nothing win. They improved to 13-4 and on the year. Tanner Roark is the story of the day, though. Seven hits, five runs, four earned last time out in six innings against Miami. He started the day with a 7-1 ERA, a 4-3-3 fifth, and a 2-90, line against in 17 innings. He got chased from seven of the first 12 batters he faced, 56 innings and three innings pitched, 10 Ks from 16 batters after he struck out the side in the fourth, 12 Ks from 19 batters and four and two-thirds, that's career high. 14 Ks on 108 pitches and six scoreless, and he comes back out at 108 pitches and adds another one. 15 Ks total on the day. Just a dominant performance from Tanner Roark, who all of a sudden has swing and miss stuff, apparently. Seven innings, two hits, three walks, 15 Ks, two ground outs on the day. Just a dominant performance by him. Got up to 121 pitches, though, which is a little bit much, but you got to love what you saw from Tanner Roark today. Uh, without a doubt, and I mean, it, this is really what we're expecting in a contract here, you know. And it's, it's genius to spot Strasburg right next to IGO like this. It's one, two punch. I mean, this is the sort of dominance that we remember from that first outing against the. Wait a minute, I'm being informed. Oh, sorry, it was in Tanner Roark who was pitching today. Uh, <laughs> it was not, not he, he Strasburg. Was, he was up there looking outright Strasburgian. And uh, and he was looking more Strasburgian than Strasburg has been so far this season. That that was just, except for the velocity and the outrageous movement, but somehow he was getting people flailing and making making some pretty good hitters, some pretty good hitters with platoon advantage, swing and miss and screw themselves into the ground and just generally look foolish. Now, I know the Twins as a team have been struggling this season, but they are still a major league ball club, and – this this is just a darn impressive performance from Roar, who really has gotten his success as a guy who manages contact. Doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of swing and miss. Doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. Uh, controls the walks and pitches the contact because he he doesn't really have the stuff not to, except for today when all of a sudden he did. So <laughs> I I don't know if this is just some fluky thing, but gosh darn it that that was a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, just, just, just fantastic. I'm looking forward to that highlight reel of all 15 strikeout pitches that you know is going to be up on MLB pretty soon. Uh, you know, Steven Strasburg is going to record like two Ks tomorrow and have some struggles between. Dusty Baker was asked after the game what was going on with Roark today that led to all the strikeouts. He said he had good control. He had his sinker working. He had his comeback inside fastball working. Uh, we had discussed that earlier in the morning, so you referred to that. He just said he was really determined big time, and Ramos directed him through the game. Got those two runs early, and they had to hold on. It got a little hairy late in the game. But just uh, I, I've just never seen Tanner Roark like that. I hate to belabor this point, but it's well worth talking about for a few minutes more. I just haven't seen that kind of stuff from him. And it was really just a sinker and that two-seamer inside that he kept on throwing and had these hitters guessing for the most part. The Twins, as you mentioned, are a bit of a free-swinging team. They seem to attack early in the count and are willing to go out there and swing at people, but just haven't seen this stuff from Tanner Roark before. Uh, maybe as you pointed out there, it just happens it's a happy confluence of 
of a, a certain team's approach and the, the ultimate antidote in, uh, in Roark's approach. But it, it's not like he has three overpowering pitches like Strasburg does that you can really keep someone off balance with. You know, he has generally good command, uh, can, can put the ball where he wants it, move it in and out, but he's not going to overpower you and, and just, you know, can puzzle you with his crazy movement. But, uh, wow. It, it, it's worth belaboring because this, this was as unroark-like a performance as I think we could imagine. And, uh, and fantastic on him for doing it. You know, I, I, was, uh, I, I was up there in the stands thinking, what the heck is Dusty doing bringing him back out to the seventh? Uh, in retrospect, now I'm glad that he did, unless his arm falls off tomorrow. But, uh, wow, what a game. Good, good for you, Roark. That was awesome. Yeah, we, he, Dusty Baker did say afterwards that he threw probably more pitches than we wanted him to, but he didn't have any really stressful innings. Uh, anytime you're striking out people, you're throwing at least three pitches per batter. He noted that he was up to about 75 after five innings, which was a little bit high, but he was striking everyone out and not getting any ground out. So I assume you were on the same page as me and being a little surprised that he did send him out for the seventh. As he said, 108 pitches when he started the inning was up to 121. Yeah, he, he actually pitched a pretty efficient inning in, in spite of uh, issuing a walk there. But, uh, yeah, a, a fantastic outing. And he didn't really ever seem to be struggling at any point. That's, that's true. He never really got into a – except, I guess, maybe in the, in the first – or first or second, he had a couple men on and ended it with a K, of course. Uh, he, he was never really in trouble uh, or never really under high pressure. So, I, I guess – all right, this is this is why Dusty makes the big bucks and is the manager, and I am some clown on the internet. <laughs> Phil Hughes is on the mound for the Twins, a one-time New York Yankees starter, one and two on the year, four four two ERA, two nine two fifth, two sixty two eighty four eleven line against going in, and eighteen in the third inning pitch. Uh, Rendon singles to get on base in front of Harper, which I'll get back to in a moment, but. Harper follows with a double to right, two-run single to center by Ryan Zimmerman, brings the two runs in, and then it was a race for the ninth after that. But they got off to a nice start against Hughes. He put together a decent start overall, seven innings, six hits, two runs, two walks, two Ks on the day for him. Uh, Pretty efficient, 94 pitches in seven innings. But nice to see the the top of the order, Rendon getting on base in front of Harper, and it just starts everything there when you give Harper runners on base. Yeah, now that they've got Rendon in the leadoff spot and Harper batting second, you, you see what good things happen to the team. But why do they always come to bat with one out? I don't understand. Uh, you can read about no, Dusty it, Baker's thoughts on Michael Taylor later on the site. <laughs> he had a big talk about him this morning, and we already wrote up the story, so it'll be up a little later. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was actually quite a pitcher's duel, except that it started – two to zero in the Nats' favor. Hughes put together a good game. Uh, and the Nats, re- they got, you know, a couple of threats going later in the game, you know, after uh, Harper got his second double especially. But, uh, you know, that was he, – he put together a decent outing, an efficient outing. Uh, he, he got outs. He never really got into a lot of jams. The, the Nats really never had him on the ropes except for those first two runs they put up early. Uh towards the end of the game, I looked up and saw all those zeros, and I was just glad there was one crooked number up there for the Nats, or this would be another one of those things. They're wailing, gnashing my teeth. Why Why can't the Nats put up runs against a bad team? 
mentioned Bryce Harper briefly there. Bryce Harper briefly. I can speak. Uh, started, Bruce. started the game eight for <laughs> eight for fourteen with four doubles, four home runs with runners on when he stepped in so far this season. You mentioned the importance of that. Now we're getting back to it. Rendon singled in front of him and a double in the first. A little scary moment later in the game where he seemed to trip over his feet while tracking a ball that ended up going foul. It looked like he either rolled his ankle or did something there. Kind of frightened everyone in the nation's capital. But another big day for Harper. Two doubles, now up to a 3.11 average, two for four on the day with 1K. But really some nice swing at the bat. And uh, Zimmerman, two for three as well. That little 2-3-4 spot there did all, everything for the Nationals basically today. But Harper with runners on base, even not even in scoring positions, coming up big so far this season. Uh, I don't know. Dingers or go home. You know what I'm saying? I, I hardly even pay attention now to <laughs> Baldy Luke's yard. No, uh, I, I, I bet I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I, I was had a bit of a gasp there with everything, everyone else, because I, I didn't see Harper trip, but I looked over there and saw him sort of stretching a little bit, and, you know, there was this immediate murmur through the crowd, and what, what, what happened? Did you see what happened? Is he okay? Uh, everyone chanting, no, no, no. But, you know, he came back and smacked another double. Uh, I think he did, what, he had 1K on the day? It's yeah. actually become kind of notable the times that he does strike out since he <laughs> really seems to have cut his strike down rate down. Uh, I'll, I, I'm going to be real curious to see what it ends up in after he's had, you know, say 100, 150 at-bats. You know, because that's, that's really the number when things like, you know, swing rate and, and K percentage start approaching the value that, that is more or less your true talent. And he seems to have made a big change into his approach. Uh, you know, they, they, there was, I, I've certainly seen some, some rumblings on the, the early results of the season around the Internet, people talking about how Harper just doesn't strike out much anymore. You know, he still makes outs when he hits the ball, but he – if it's, the, if it's a strike, he can hit it. And if it's not a strike, he lets it go. And if this is, if this continues as a pattern and a sort of the, the final evolution of Harper's talent, holy cow, we, we are in for a heck of a ride these next couple of years. So when you're talking about that, I can't help thinking back to the beginning of last season when he was striking out a lot in the first couple of weeks and had me concerned for a little while. Speaking of uh, foolish interneters not knowing what we're talking about, he sure proved us wrong in the last year and yeah. continuing to do it with a great, a great eye at the plate so far this season. But uh, here's your trivia question for today. The Nationals win today. Set a franchise mark for the best start with a 13-4 and four start before uh, through 17 games. There were two teams beforehand uh, that went 12-4 and four to start the season. One of them from the Expos past, one of them in the last uh, the current franchise, 2005 through present. Do you remember what years uh, Nationals started 12-4 uh, and four before this? And if you guess the Expos, you'll get bonus points. So the points are generally basically worthless. Uh. <laughs> uh, was, it, was it 2005? It was not 2005. That was a good guess. Ah. All right. Uh, 2000. I'll, I'll 2000. Just... Go ahead. Uh, and I'll just throw out 1971 for the Expos because I, I feel like that's a year. 2012 and 1981, so uh, you don't get any. Well, I was only off by 10 years. You don't get any super exciting points. Uh, Man, Chris I was going to say 2012, but then I thought, no, it's a trick question. 
say, say the debut year when they had to. Uh, anyhow, they, they I, get I, off I, their I outsmarted myself. Their 2005 start, everyone remembers that great first half run, and we all try to forget what happened in the second half. Uh, Chris, there was a second half today. to that season. <laughs> I'm so I'm told. So I'm told. Uh, Heisey led off today. There's, like I mentioned, Dusty Baker talked a lot about Michael Taylor. You can read all that later. Uh, he was asked about putting Chris Heisey in the leadoff spot. His response was, you got any better choices? <laughs> but he doesn't really have that choice. I think the point he was Did trying to make is that he's trying to keep the lineup intact as he likes it with Rendon 2, uh, Harper 3, Zimmerman 4, et cetera, Murphy 5, or 6 down the line. But if they're going to bring Michael Taylor back in there, I can see what he's saying about trying to have that consistency for everyone else. And Michael Taylor is going to be in there as much as possible before Ben Revere comes back. But do you think for the short time that they're not going to have Revere, it's going to be another couple of weeks at least, they should go and uh, rearrange that order? Does it not really matter? Or are we spending too much time thinking about something that really only matters once a game with the leadoff hitter? Well, again, much as I love to debate batting orders constantly for the entire season, this this is something that is going to make less than half a win of distance of difference over the entire season. So, if if it's if it's perfect or only close to perfect, it doesn't really make much difference in the in this in the over a season. But you know, I would say, yeah, move them all up, move them all up a spot, but. You know, Dusty probably has a point that there is this element of routine and and uh, sort of knowing knowing what your spot is in the order, and if that brings some kind of uh, it, it helps your preparation as a hit hitter and helps your success with the mental game. You know, that's that's something I don't understand, and it isn't modeled in the baseball video games, which I base all my managerial decisions on. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to defer to Dusty on this one. Steven Strasburg tomorrow in the nation's capital, 135 for the series finale with the Minnesota Twins, and it's three with the Phillies starting Tuesday night. A nice day off for everyone on Monday. I'm sure we can all use it just getting started on this season, and there's a long way to go, so we take advantage of those breaks when we can get them. Two-nothing Nationals tonight, or this afternoon, I should say. Everyone go home and go to sleep. I know I'm going to catch up on some. Matt Knightley, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Doghouse, we'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon, sir. Go Nats.